The postseason is here, and the Ringer NBA show has you covered with Real Ones, Group Chat, The Answer, and Ringer NBA Postgame. Check out the Ringer NBA show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. The MLB season is in full swing, and you can step up to the plate with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filtered by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, bet the live same-game parlays for every MLB game and track your game and bets live with box scores and play-by-play. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. Welcome in Wednesday edition of New York, New York with yours truly, J.J. Johnson-Stremski right here on the Ringer Podcast Network. And I hope everybody out there enjoyed what is the best bet running in sports over the last 27 to 28 years. Because now it's eight in a row and the dominance for the American League from like 1997 on is so eye-popping. It is so outrageous. I hope for those of you who are into this sort of thing like I am have taken advantage. And we were dead wrong on our derby pick. And you know what? Shame on me because Pete Alonzo is made for the home run derby. And, you know, my sister, by the way, is like the biggest star of All-Star Weekend. It's like Otani, Pete Alonzo, Caroline Jastrzemski. So she was hanging with Alonzo last night. I know. Between that and Joe Buck, I think we may have to put her on the Spotify payroll, Bill Simmons, even though House of Highlights, I think, is paying quite well. And that way we can, you know, get Joe Buck and Pete Alonzo on a show. So we'll work on that. But what a show by Alonzo. You could tell he was having a ton of fun. He's bobbing his head to Nas and Biggie and all that stuff. Like, he was thoroughly enjoying the moment of the home run derby. And I know a lot of people thought it was going to be the Otani home run derby. You saw what Otani, he's a guy that's not taking a whole lot of BP. You got to be conditioned to go and win that event. I thought the derby was awesome last night. Fantastic, fantastic, fantastic derby. My only complaint with the home run derby, I'll tell you what it was. The dopey camera angles that ESPN was using. They weren't telling me the distance on the home runs. Half of them with that stupid split screen that they had. I couldn't even see where the balls are landing half the time. So I put on a stack cast one, and I'm not into that sort of stuff, but I love my guy Benetti, and it was better. It was flat out better. So maybe take notes, ESPN. Us fans at home want to watch the ball flying out of the ballpark. But the Derby, the new format is great. 
Alonzo's made for the event, and he's very easy to like. I don't root for the Mets. I'm not a Mets fan by any means. Pete Alonzo seems like an awesome dude. He seems like a straight, out of central casting, regular dude who's a flat-out slugger. We'll see if this home run derby really gets him going second half of the year. He was terrific over the final two weeks of the year, but a great Monday for him. And then Tuesday, it's Vlad Guerrero Jr. It's dominant American League pitching. American League wins the All-Star game once again. You know what annoyed me to no end? And I know I'm going to sound like the old man yelling at the cloud right now because I'm full of complaints. Too bad. These All-Star game uniforms are an absolute embarrassment. Let's call it like it is. These All-Star uniforms are a disgrace. And I know exactly what they're trying to do. Cash grab, trying to sell them. Great. Who in God's name is buying that jersey? And I love baseball jerseys. I, I, I did as a kid. The cool part about the All-Star game in baseball, and I love the event. I'm one of the few suckers that's left. I love it. The pageantry of it all. When guys are getting introduced down the first and the third base line, I see the Yankee pinstripes. I see the Boston Red Sox and their sharp colors, or the Cubbies, or the Dodger Blue, or whatever, the Giants. I want those uniforms represented. What are we doing, Major League Baseball? See, let's be honest. Baseball can't help themselves half the time. You know, they try to implement these doubleheader rules and the runner on second base and extra innings, and you got Manfred saying, oh, they're going to go back on that. They don't know how to attract the young fan, and it is a big, big problem for the game. And it bothers me because I'm a sucker for baseball. So when I see simple things screwed up, like the All-Star Game uniforms, it, it, it drives me up a wall. Good week all in all. I can guarantee you this. By hook or by crook, we'll be out there with New York, New York for the All-Star Game in Los Angeles, California next year. But we got quite some time before we're going to get to All-Star Weekend 2022. And the next time we're having a conversation on Thursday, believe it or not, the second half of the year will be underway. Thursday night, it's make or break time for the Yankees. Yankees are going to have five days, basically, to sit on that disaster from Sunday. Well, think about this. Four Boston, two Philadelphia, four at Boston, three at Tampa. I'm not exaggerating by saying this. That's make or break time. Without question in the American League East, and if you really play like garbage and you go, I don't know, three and eight in those games, you could be dead in a wild card race. It is beyond imperative for the Yankees to go and have a good week, really to have a good two, two and a half weeks, because in many ways it's going to dictate what you see at the trade deadline. You know, the Mets coming out of the All-Star break, it's the Pirates again. You figure better success than what you had at City Field. But for the next two and a half weeks, the Yankees are the story in town. That'll change. If they stink, then the Mets will be the story in town until football season gets going. I am beyond confident that the Mets are going to be playing October baseball. I'm not trying to put the kibosh on the Mets fans. I'm not trying to give you the J.J. Mush. That's reality. No Acuna. Division is bad. Mets should be playing October baseball. The Yankees, jury's out on whether or not they're playing October baseball. They're not winning the American League East. 
unless you were delusional enough to think the Yankees are going to go like 6-2 and two or 7-1 and one against Boston. If you think that's the case, more power to you. That's what they need if they want to get back in this division race. Next two and a half weeks, make or break time. So we got all that going on. We got the NBA Finals, Game 4, which will get underway Wednesday night. We'll see if Giannis can continue his physical prowess and dominance like we saw the other night. And Giannis abandoning a jumper and saying, I'm going to be a grown man. You don't got anybody on the team who could stop me. Fun to watch. Giannis has played like a man possessed the last two games. It's been fantastic to watch. And we'll see if Milwaukee has another moment here in this series. We're going to do something for the first time on this podcast that we've never done. Obviously, we have a voicemail line. But I tweeted this out earlier. It's All-Star Week, so you never know where things are going to go. It could get a little crazy and chaotic. I think my head is running around in circles because I have a golf outing in about 24 hours that I've put together where I've done way too much work. And let's just put it this way. I need a cocktail. I really need a cocktail. So come tomorrow at 1 o'clock. That is going to be beyond refreshing. But I'm doing an ask me anything type deal. I'm very curious to see where these are going to take us. We'll do them a little bit later on in the show. And I mean ask me anything. All bets are off. We're going to welcome in the ringers, Logan Murdoch. I've never had him on. He's a great NBA dude. He's got a great podcast with Roger Bell. And I figured I'd jab him a little bit because he's a big-time Oakland A's fan. I need something to feel good about as a Yankee fan. So I had to remind him of Jeremy Giambi in 2000 and 2001. I know. I'm grasping at straws. Logan's coming up. Ask me anything's coming up. Maybe another wrinkle or two. Who the hell knows? Things are getting wacky. All that more. New York, New York, right here. Ringer Podcast Network. Logan Murdoch, up next. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. So as we get ready for what will be a very entertaining game for the NBA Finals, the Milwaukee Bucks showing you a little pulse. Giannis playing like a man possessed. I figure let's bring in a part of the family. We have never met. We've never had a conversation until now. So I, I think it's a good time, Logan Murdoch. Real Yo, ones. NBA wow. podcast. Get mm, on board, bro. What's mm, happening, dude? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, I just want to say, man, like, I was kind of nervous about doing this pod because, you know, like we were talking about this beforehand and I felt like I had to have my armor on because I am I have grown up an Oakland A's fan and I'm going into enemy territory right now. I don't even know if you guys think about us as in, in New York, but it feels like enemy territory. And then before before the show, you just showed a heck of love and you were like, yo, man, you an A's fan? I was like, yeah, I'm an A's fan. And then we just became cool right now. And I was like, well, I like that. that. Well, Logan, right out of the gate, I'm going to own this. I think the Oakland A's have the sexiest uniforms mm. in all of baseball dude the yellow 
Oakland A's throwbacks from the 70s Reggie Jackson era. Like, if Mm, I were an A's fan, dude, I'd own all that shit, dude. I'd be all over it. For sure, for sure, for sure. And the Yankees paid CC Sabathia, and he delivered. And I just, you know... that's my compliment back to you. Shout out to the Yankees, I think. I don't even know. You guys can splice this up and use this as blackmail. I don't care because we're cool. I like that. Uh, one quick one. Right out of the gate here because I see this okay. A's hat before we get to the finals. Okay. Will it devastate you if the Oakland A's become the Las Vegas A's? Will that be like a soul-crushing moment or are you kind of like accepting seeing the Raiders leave and then you know seeing the Warriors go across town? You've seen it, so you've kind of been there, done that. I'm going to be real with you. I'm just like, this is how I cope with the Raiders moving. I call them the Oakland Raiders still. I just call them that. And I would just still call them the Oakland A's because I would be like, I'm a, because I'm not a fan of the Las Vegas Raiders. I'm a fan of the Oakland Raiders. And that's how I, that's how I keep going. And I just, that's the propaganda I tell myself. So if they do go to Las Vegas, they still, I I am still going to be a fan of the Oakland A's. I like that. And you will still forever call them the Oakland A's and it will yep. always be a part of your fabric in your childhood. So dude, that's I think how I that's, cope. That's an acceptable answer. I'm okay All right, with cool. that. There for we sure, go. For sure. For Let's sure. get to this NBA finals now. Let's do it. Um, is this is someone who's covered the league a long time, dude, you're a big time NBA guy, you do an NBA podcast. Is this like on the surface from a matchup standpoint? one of the more bizarre and strange NBA finals that you've come across because of the unexpected nature. Like Phoenix, dude, nobody had Phoenix going to the NBA finals start of the year. And even Milwaukee, beginning of the postseason, the talk was Brooklyn and the talk was Philadelphia. So, you know, from that standpoint, going into this, I like it, Logan. I like parity. I like when there's, you know, unexpected teams finding their way. But has that been strange for you? Wait, I just want to say it's kind of unusual for you, the New York guy, to be like, yo, man, I love parody in the league. You're right about that. Well, listen, aside from the Yankees, now I root for the Dolphins. And remember, parody usually works for the New York Knicks because they haven't won a whole lot in the last 20 years, dude. That's true. That's true. I might be singing a different tune if the Knicks are in the finals every year. If they had to run like the Warriors did, sure. But I actually like it. Aside from my teams, I like it. Full disclosure. Word. I, I, but no, I, I do to your, to your question. I absolutely do, um, see the, see the bizarre matchup. It's funny. Cause you, I thought that throughout the series and you just kind of verbalized that. So I appreciate it, but I'm looking like when I was watching the game, I definitely had that feeling that this is not like a finals that I'm used to. Normally you have like a top five player in the league in the finals. I mean, I know you have one and Giannis, but the other two guys you have, like you could like, for instance, the the Warriors and the Cavaliers, you had three of the top five players in the league in the finals. You usually get that. And now you don't really have that. Um, and it's been it's been interesting. You only have, uh, you know, maybe two all stars on one team and maybe one on, on another team. It's been it's been a weird thing, but it's been solid basketball, I'd say. I would agree with that. And when you're watching Giannis go and do his thing and play like a man possessed in game three. Here's the million-dollar question. Logan, can he do that moving forward? Is that sustainable for Giannis to play at this beastly type of a level? Or do you expect... Like, to try to make adjustments with his physical prowess, easier said than done. Like, it's going to be very, very difficult to do. But by the same token, Giannis finishing like that, attacking like that, hitting free throws the way that he did, is that... That's got to be the version Milwaukee sees, right? If they're going to win this thing, if they're going to bring this series home, they need that version of Giannis. 
that they absolutely need that version of Giannis. Also, what they need, they need to keep doing is what they did in game three is throw the ball in the paint. They need to throw the ball into the paint. They just need to live in the paint because they are bigger than the Phoenix Suns. And the, and the Phoenix Suns have a really, really talented big and DeAndre and DeAndre Aiden, but he also fouls a lot. So what you and on top of that, the depth at the center position isn't all that. After Aiden, it's pretty much nothing. So that is a recipe to go to the cup, draw fouls on Aiden early, and then you could can take control of the game. And you might be able to take control of the series with uh, the amount of size that you have on your uh, on your roster. So it just make it simple. Go to the paint is basically what the Bucks need to do. And from a Phoenix standpoint, you can't imagine that Booker is going to play as poorly as he did in game three. I didn't love his body language and his demeanor after the game, but I've learned Logan watching games for a long, long time. A lot of that stuff, dude, you got to take with a grain of salt. He's been balling out all postseason. I think he's going to be fine. No, he'll be fine. I think that he was disappointed, but I, we all know this. And I think, uh, David Miniman of ESPN brought up a stat today that on a game where he, on a game after, um, he shoots below thirty five percent. The um, the Suns are nine and two. So shout out to David Miniman for giving giving that information. But Syracuse that, that guy, means, I like you giving a Syracuse you guy you love. See that, by man? The way. You know I got love, man. It's like I got you did love. your research. You want to shout out Syracuse I, guys? I, shout out, on this shout pod. out, shout out Syracuse, man. Shout out uh, Mick Ten. Shout out my guy Matt Snydman who covers the uh, Green Bay Packers. I got love for Syracuse, man. I do. I'm I proud do. of you. I, I like yeah. you already, by the way. You know what I mean, I shout out. Um, but no, I. I I, that those numbers suggest that um, Devin Booker will be fine, and the Phoenix Suns will be fine if that happens. But by and large, Devin Booker, I don't really worry about him. This Chris Paul renaissance has been incredible. Um, his last year in Houston, Logan, he looked cooked. He looked totally shot. <laughs> I'm thinking, geez. I mean, this was the narrative around the league. You couldn't find a team to take that contract off the hands unless you wanted to eat the salary. For you, though... When was the moment, maybe it was last year in OKC, maybe it's been this year at the route with the Phoenix Suns, where you watched Chris Paul on the court and you said, holy smokes, this guy's just turned back the clock and he's playing at an insanely high level, something along the lines of what he did five or six years ago. Is there a moment that you particularly look back on? Um, It's funny. I, I'm, really, I'm really glad you asked this question, John, because I just wrote a piece on Chris Paul that you can check out on The Ringer right now. It just dropped today. Um, but uh, it was basically, I think his renaissance came because, you know, this is always kind of who... Uh, the group, the group of teams that he's had, the last two teams, are actually perfect for Chris Paul. And why they're so perfect for Chris Paul is because they're young teams. Younger players want to get advice from Hall of Fame level guys. They want to do that. Six, let me let me rephrase that. Success, uh, young guys who want success tend to go to Hall of Famer type players and listen to them in a way that you know, if you're the same age as Chris Paul, that message might eat at you and it might it might mess you up or you might take it the wrong way. Whereas for a young guy, that constructive criticism, if they want to be successful, that helps them be successful listening to a guy like Chris Paul. So to have two young teams for him to lead has been perfect for him. You get the sense his career finishes up in the Valley of the Sun with that young emerging team? Or do you think there's another act maybe somewhere else for Chris Paul next year and beyond? 
No, I think I, if I'm the Phoenix Suns, I if am I'm the Suns keeping, and if I'm Paul, I'm staying. Logan, I'm why staying. would you want to leave? First of all, Arizona's awesome. The weather yeah. is great. I'm yeah. playing with Booker. I feel mm. like my age, I'm going to age well there. If I if I'm Chris Paul, I'm not going anywhere, dude. And they're going to pay me. No, nah, no, nah, he's he would be he would be fine. And I think the biggest thing is this is a a perfect. Why this is a perfect uh, position for Chris Paul and the Suns is because Chris Paul. Chris Paul can groom this group of young guys who can and who can then take the baton and beyond when he does soon retire. I think this this team is so young and so so good right now and Chris Paul under Chris Paul's tutelage, but then he can just ride off into the sunset and then they can still have another run beyond this. I always like to ask guys who cover the league who are not living in New York City the perception <laughs> and the feel because listen, I have been as beaten down, Logan as any Knicks fan as you're going to find over the last 20 years, like, if you could quit the Knicks, you would quit the Knicks. I mean, it was no, that No, you bad. wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. I wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. I say that. You, you, you guys my say point. you wouldn't. I like to just say it, you know? We like okay. to just get it out of our system. Yeah, We like I to vent. You know, we like to complain. I, I get yelled at all the time. My fiance is convinced that she believes that all I want to do is complain. And I think there's some truth in that. I like belly aching. I like bitching and moaning from time to time. But with the Knicks, you've had reasons to feel that anger and to feel that frustration. But this year, Tibbs, the way they played, turning back the clock to my 90s teams that I grew up watching, it was fun. They ran out of gas. They lost to a better team in the playoffs. But that perception nationally, you're one of these dudes, bro. Do you buy the idea that the perception nationally has changed now with the Knicks? I'm not going to lie to you, John. I am not going to lie to you. I felt like a Knicks fan for like four hours a couple months ago when the, when the Garden was rocking for Game One against the uh, against the Atlanta Hawks. I felt that in my chest. I felt that way. I I was claiming I was claiming that my um claiming the fact that my great grandmother used to be a Brooklyn resident. Okay, I was I was there in the trenches. Okay, I was acting like my favorite director was Spike Lee because he is. But I was locked in, man. I was locked into all the propaganda. I was looking at on sites for like throwbacks. I, it even carried over to the Yankees. I was looking for like a CC Sabathia jersey. It that's I get it. I get why. You guys call it the Mecca, and I got to get to the garden someday. I just got to get there. Well, when you do, there. I'll get you seats. They won't be Spike okay, cool. Lee seats, but we'll have good seats. I'll take For care sure. of them, bro. All I right, promise. cool. Bad, bad. It's good. <laughs> but are you buying that they have turned their franchise around? I do. No, I I, I do buy that they uh, that they have um, t- kind of, I wouldn't say turned around. I think they're headed in the right direction. They're right? respectable, I think right? They, There's a sense of respectability now with the Knicks. I think it's because of Tibbs. I do. Yeah, I think he's well, a badass. I didn't like, hmm. Tibbs is a good coach, and I think Tibbs is a. I don't know right now if he's the 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 coach that's going to lead them to the championship, but I think this is the type of coach that can groom them to a to the next one who can lead them to a championship. And the only reason why I say that is because he is still a guy that plays his players heavy minutes, and that doesn't necessarily translate to championships. It just doesn't. And um, but no, I, I think that you guys are headed in the right direction. I haven't really taken the Knicks seriously as a franchise in nearly a decade, and I take you. I take your team seriously now. So shout out to the Knicks, man. You guys have done a great job. And you guys have great I colors. Think, Wait, hold on. You guys have great colors, man. Fa- well, it's, listen, it's awesome. I'll tell you what's the worst, though. And it reminds me of this dopey All-Star game I'm watching right now where they're wearing these hideous uniforms that are disgusting. Wear the whites, wear the grays, and let it go. The Knicks, can the Knicks wear the white jerseys at home, Logan, and the blues on the road? 
They wear these like NYC black uniforms, bro. They're wearing them in the playoffs. I'm like, come on, dude. Did a Knicks and Patrick doing? Wear the blue. Yo, you know what I have a request for? Because whenever I do a created player on NBA 2K, either plays for the Lakers or he plays for the Knicks. And when he plays for the Knicks, I love to bring have the jerseys, the old school Nick jerseys with the shorts that have the the Yankee logo on them. Oh, I the wish Mark we could Jackson, bring those. Willis, Reed, uh, we gotta yes. bring those back. We gotta bring them shorts back, bro. Yo. Everybody, let's start a petition to make the Yank the Yankee Nick shorts. We need that for the streets, and it can't be and it can't be um, like a Supreme sale. You do that general release because the streets need it. We don't need that sold out. Just bring the bag. We need those. I need a pair. I love that. And if for some reason they decide to do that, you're getting all the royalties and all the credit on this show. I can promise you that. I don't know if you're going to get any of the finances. Probably not. Because the NBA is putting that right shorts. in their pocket, bro. I just Sorry. need those shorts, though. If you can hold me down and get those shorts, though, with the with the Yankee with the Yankee on it, I need those. I need those. Those is hard. I'm, I'm all over that. I got you for on sure. that. Now, you. final one. You spent a lot of time with the Warriors. And yeah. Curry fascinates me, dude, because I love them at Davidson. Wait, real has, quick, real quick, real quick. Do you are you one of the New Yorkers that like wishes that could see him in a Knicks jersey? Like, well, just saw I wanted. Him. I, all right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah, own this. Yeah, you're gonna yeah. you're gonna get a little bit of a laugh out of this. I wanted one or two guys in the draft of 2009. Steph mm-hmm. Curry is one of them. I'm gonna let you guess, Logan, who the other guy is, and I could tell you he did not do anything and was amounted it? to nothing in the NBA. Was it Johnny Flynn? It sure was Johnny oh, Flynn. Oh, you are disrespectful. That's scaleless. Wow. Okay. No, well. but in all seriousness, Logan, I went to that draft. I'll never forget. Happy hour. Stuffing my face with wings. Might have had about 10 Miller lights. And mm. I remember telling everybody, if they can get Flynn <laughs> or Curry, I'm dancing out of this bar. Flynn Yo. goes to Minnesota, goes early. So I'm like, all right, good for Johnny. I can't believe he went that high. Now yeah. I'm all in on Curry. I'm like, counting down, I'm counting down, I'm counting down. <laughs> and dude, one pick, one measly pick. Dude, I, that's I, just cool. Yo, that's yo, cool. Yo, yo, do you guys take some solace in the fact that Curry has it like one of his early signature games during a Knicks win. Like he, the, I remember that. that. And put, that was the, the game that put him on. Yeah, the game that wins. put Steph Curry on was at the Garden. It was at the Garden. And the Knicks actually the didn't win that game too. Y'all won that because game, it yo. was crazy. Curry hit every shot. I mean, this is when Curry, you know, the, the three-point revolution was at its, it, like, early stages. It might have started that night. Shots. Logan, he was taking shots in that game. It's yeah. like, I'm yelling, put a hand in his face. They did. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. Two years later, he wins. Now he's this all-time great shooter. Do you get the moment. sense it's a start-to-finish, poetic, beautiful end with the Warriors? Or can uh, you envision Steph Curry at some point wearing a different uniform? You know. Yo, I, I, I can't see Steph wearing a different uniform, man. I just I hope I, he does it. In I, all I seriousness, listen, I'm having some fun. I, I like when guys go start to finish with one team. Like the fact that Giannis re-signed with Milwaukee is word. awesome to me. I think it's great. Um, like I, I think about Ewing wearing a a Sonics jersey, and that's, like, awful. I think about Malone wearing yeah. a Laker jersey. Like, dude, there are certain guys that need I mean, to be start only to finish one, with one team. The only place I can see him going, and this is no reporting or anything, you know, like, I don't want to get my words twisted. The only place I could see him going um, is Charlotte. But that's only because of, like, the the nostalgic it is pops was there, right, and to wear 30 in Charlotte. 
I don't think he's going to do it, though. Like, I don't think he's going to leave. But if there was another jersey that, you know, to see him in, it would be Charlotte. And, and, and then, yo, team up with LaMelo in Charlotte I'd be to ride off into the sunset? What do you okay? I mean, I'm sorry. I just got to. I got. I like. A, I like a little NBA speculation. You know, we're Yo, about like that two or three specula- weeks away. I don't want to do that because, like, they might. I don't know. I don't really just don't want to get my. I'm saying. I think he's going to be a Golden State Warrior for life. But if he's going to play somewhere else, you're just throwing that. Little, I'm saying uh, that. I'm saying that. That's I'm all. saying that. I would like if there was another place that he would go. I Logan Murdoch would like to see him play in Charlotte with Lamelo. But I don't think he's going to go to Golden State. I just want to make that crystal clear because I did cover the Warriors and I don't want to just like, you know, I don't want that. I don't want to get out like that. I can understand that. Because I know a lot of people listen to your show. I know a lot of people listen to your show. I know it's I just don't, you know, there's a lot. I don't know. You know, well, I appreciate you giving the love. Final one before we get you out of here. Finals pick. I don't. Who did you have? I had Phoenix in six. I'm sticking with it. I had Phoenix at six, too. But the I, I still have Phoenix. And seven. Ooh, cold feet now. So you, I'll get you cold feet. Know, you think we'll have a game seven in this series? I would because hate only, that, by the way. but only reason why I think a game in seven is because I am just hoping that the Bucks found something and just going into the paint. And I just hope that the, if they dominate, they can make this a series, it, it, or they could win this series if they just keep doing that. In my opinion. Thanks so much for doing this. Don't be a stranger. And if you ever want to lament the 2000 or the 2001 division series, you know, this is your podcast. Just saying. Hey, 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 man. Hey, man. Hey, man. Hey, Derek Jeter. um, Shout out to you, bro. But like, nah, fam. Nah, Well, not for nothing. Could Jeremy Giambi slide? If he slides, you know he would have been safe on that play. Just saying. No, it was no, no. Anyway, also, before I go, anybody, please, yo, um, hit the ringer offices all the up. I need those Knicks shorts. I need with the Yankee on it. Just the the Yankee Knicks shorts. I need those. All well, right. you get a pair, and then I get the second pair. All right, Logan. Yes, Fair deal. facts. Me and John need the, need the shorts. All right. Good stuff, Logan. <laughs> Thanks, brother. All right, peace. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with twenty five thousand miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So I had a jab, Logan, with the Yankee A stuff. Of course, he had to remind me that I like Johnny Flynn in addition to Steph Curry. In that infamous 2009 draft, what a what could have been type of moment for the New York Knicks. But that's neither here nor there. So 
We did it a little differently with the voicemails tonight. Why do we decide to do it a little bit differently? Because we're getting wacky. It's All-Star Weekend. Let's get wacky. 917-382-1151. That is, of course, your number to get in touch with New York, New York. That is where we make the magic. Let's make a little magic. This was a Saruti genius idea. I think he's still basking in the glory from his Italia soccer win. So he has great ideas coming his way left and right. Or maybe he's just looking for inspiration on the golf course tomorrow. I don't know. Either or is possible. But Saruti, let's fire away here with these Ask Me Anythings. Because I've never done one of these before. And I really have no idea where we're going. Hey, John, it's Jake from Charlotte. I saw your tweet earlier today. You wanted to do a little something different for your voicemails. Um, yeah, so my question is, uh, what? who is your dream interview? Who is the one person that you've always wanted to interview but haven't had the chance to do yet? All right, man. Uh, interested to see what you say. Thanks. Bye. That is a fabulous, fabulous, fabulous question. I am going to give you two names. Actually, I'm going to give you three names. One in the field that I am in, sports media. The other is going to be an athlete that I find fascinating. And then the other is going to be an athlete who's, you know, fascinating for all the wrong reasons. The first, Christopher Mad Dog Russo. I've never had a one-on-one conversation with him. I've met him a couple of times growing up, getting into the business. Fascinates me. A lot of people think there's a lot of similarities between the two of us. There are some, there are many differences. That is one. Alex Rodriguez would be another. Because of how interesting and how polarizing his Yankee career ended up being. So A-Rod, boom. Mad Dog Russo, boom. The other one is infamous. But if you're in this industry, you'd want a shot at interviewing O.J. Simpson. You just would. Regardless of your feelings uh, about the guy personally, it is one of the more disturbing yet fascinating falls from grace that you're ever going to see. I mean... The O.J. Simpson stuff, the FX show, I loved it. The 30 for 30, the seven-part series, I loved it. I am, probably don't know this about me, a sucker for a lot of the ins and outs with the O.J. trial. I've read a lot of books on it. I've watched all the stuff. I'm into it. So having O.J. on the show, despite my personal feelings, would be interesting. I don't think you guys expected to hear that, but that's what we do here and Ask Me Anything. Good start. Let's hear number two. Hey, JJ, it's Anthony from Tom's River. We've had a few discussions in the past about uh, some Yankee talk back in the day, and I really love getting your perspective. Um, I'm still sick about the whole Jose Altuve home run the other day. I've never experienced probably the best win and the worst loss in back-to-back days, uh, especially as a Yankee fan in the regular season. My question to you is where does Altuve rank in one of the Yankee sports villains of all time? Because I'm telling you what, 2017 at the start of the season, didn't mind it. 
He beat Judge for the MVP, okay. But as all this cheating thing unfolded and the home run in 2019, and now the arrogance of him taking off the shirt after the home run, saying that, oh, he didn't cheat. When we all know that you cheated, I mean, give me a break. Where does this guy rank as one of the worst villains of all time? Because I'm sick of him. Take care, JJ. Excellent, excellent question. It's going to be very, very tough for any Yankee villain to top David Ortiz, Pedro Martinez, and Kurt Schilling at the height of the Yankee-Red Sox rivalry. It's going to be very, very tough to top those three guys. Altuve is absolutely working his way up that list. He has destroyed the Yankees. He walked it off on him in 2019. You mentioned the idea of stealing the MVP from Judge, the cheating that comes with it, and there is a little arrogance to the Astros and Altuve and Bregman. Now, listen, we said it the other day, the Yankees talking all sorts of smack, Judge doing the jersey thing. Got to own it. Got to own it, because then when they beat you the following day and they ram it down you, you know what? You got to be aware of that. Altuve's probably working his way onto a top five list, though. If you're thinking about Yankee villains over the last 25 years or so, remember, the Yankees beat a lot of these teams, especially in the 90s. So in the 2000s, who, who are your villains aside from the Red Sox guys? You're going to put Beckett on that list? Eh, it's one World Series. You want to find me somebody on the Angels? You didn't really hate Garrett Anderson. Killed the Yankees. Didn't really hate him. Sean Figgins, same sort of deal. Killed the Yankees. Didn't really hate him. Yeah, Altuve's right there. He's absolutely right there. Now, I didn't live through George Brett and the Royals rivalry with the Yankees in the late 70s and the early 80s. You know, a lot of people would tell you it was Fisk. It was Brett. It was those guys. For me, it's Ortiz, and it's Pedro, and it's Schilling. I'll put Altuve fourth on that list, though. I'm willing to do that. Good start here. Who's up next? Hey, JJ. This is Kevin from New Jersey. Listen to you a lot on the fan over the years. Since you're asking some uh, random questions, I want to know, what was like your most fun moment that you had on the fan over the years? Because you were doing overnights for a long time, and what was Maybe your favorite behind-the-scenes moment or your favorite on-air moment. Thanks. Wow. I mean, that's a loaded, loaded question. Nine years at an employer where you kind of grew up there in many ways. So, I mean, off-air, I, ca- I-, I can't really think of one off-air moment in the studio. It would probably be. It's an off-air moment that was not a WFN. It's got to be my buddy Mike Carver's bachelor party, which was my maiden voyage to Las Vegas. So, you know, the way it works, if you work in radio or in media, I think everybody knows this. You don't have the sort of normal social life that nine to five guys and gals are going to have. So when you had an opportunity to get a bunch of the guys together, it didn't happen often. You know, maybe it happens at a wedding. Maybe it'd be a random Friday night out for drinks. But, you know, like when you work in an office and you got a group of guys and gals, you guys are probably doing happy hours. You're going to lunch. You're doing this. You're doing that. It doesn't work that way in radio because everybody's kind of doing their own thing. Television, 
here, et cetera. We went out to Vegas, and it was my first time in Vegas, and we just tore the place apart. Holy moly, did we tear the place apart. From the Mandalay Bay, what was it? Daylight, whatever they call that pool club. Insane. Closing down the pool club into playing craps till like 7 o'clock in the morning where we had the whole table ourselves. I mean, that to me is far better than spending any time in a dopey studio. Let's be honest. So I made lifelong friends there. Those are guys who are going to be at my golf outing. Those are guys who are going to be at my wedding. So I would say with those guys behind the scenes, the trip to Vegas. And there have been a couple already. There's going to be another one for my bachelor party in a couple of years, whenever that may be. But Vegas 2014. On the air. Oh, it's, it's got to be one of two things. And the overnight shows are great. That's where I kind of hone my craft and develop my voice, if you want to call it that. I know I hate hearing that term. It bothers me. But I would say I got a thrill doing two specific shows. Anytime I was on with Mike, because this is a guy I grew up listening to. And, you know, for him to have me on his show was like pinch me type shit. You know, I was like, holy shit, I'm on with Mike. I just did an hour with Mike. Like, that was crazy. It was awesome. Like, I'm going to be writing that in my book, 15, 20 years, you know, the interactions with me and Mike. Crazy. Crazy. Whenever I write a book, somebody wants to actually do that. The other one would be doing shows from the stadium. We did two shows, Kim and I, from City Field. And I did a show before Yankee twin playoff game, which was great. I was like, yeah, let me do a Saturday show. So we did it from the Hard Rock. That's probably my like, favorite moments being on the air at my old employer. So that's a good question. Very, very good question. Okay, what's next? Hey, JJ, Robin Edison, your favorite caller. I'm just kidding. You said tonight's topic could be about anything. So I figured in a couple of pet peeves of mine, maybe we can discuss. One, Yankee fans... With the whole thing with the getting on the Astros this season, especially that early series in Yankee Stadium, that was so embarrassing by Yankee fans. Did we forget about A-Rod, Giambi, Clemens, and St. Andy Pettit? But, oh, my God, they went on and on, carrying on, crying about 2017, booing Altuve, saying F Altuve. And guess what? Little shirtless Altuve got the last laugh. And just so we stay on topic that you said you we can talk about anything, I really appreciate that people play golf and they love it, and that's great. But it's just like any other hobby uh, that anyone else can appreciate, you know, like playing tennis or volleyball or working out in the gym or whatever. But why do when people play golf, they're so douchey about it when they talk about it? Oh, my God. They're just like, oh, I got to get on the golf course. Oh, hit them straight. Oh, how you hitting them? How's the golf game? Like, you just you just sound so douchey when you talk about golf. Anyway, everybody else's hobby, we just don't sound as douchey. But anyway, later. Wow. I didn't know golf talk and douchey went in the same sentence. And listen. I am the anti-country club type of golfer. 
For example, I'm on a golf course. I listen to music. And I know a lot of the old-time golf people would hate that. I have a little Bluetooth in my cart. I got the tunes jamming. Not obnoxiously loud, but I like music. I do a little hooting and hollering on the golf course. It's fun. Now, you're right. It gets a lot more play than going to the gym or playing tennis. I don't play tennis. I go for runs. I talk about my runs, too. Here's your problem, though, Rob. You are in the minority, my friend. You don't play golf. I would say a good majority of my audience here on New York, New York, my old show, on television, I like golf. Therefore, I like talking about it. And if I like talking about something, I'm going to talk about something. That's just kind of the way it is. You don't have to like it. It may bother you, but I really don't care. They give me this bad boy for a reason. So, you know, I like my golf talk. I think a lot of people actually like the golf talk. I feel like the golf talk has led to a lot of people that I've met who are listeners. Because I see them out on the golf course. I played golf Monday. Met a bunch of listeners. Today, chipped a little bit. Who did I see? A listener. It's great. Incredible, incredible stuff. As far as your point about the Astros and the Yankees, yeah, I think the Yankees do have to get over 2017. It's okay if the fans want to give the Astros the business. The team, they, they got to beat them. And more specifically, they got to beat the teams in the AL East. Starters. Interesting. Who's up next? JJ, what's up, man? This is Don from Westchester. I'm a long-time fan of yours from the beginning at FAN, Bar A, all that good stuff. Love what you're doing now. My question for you on this, ask me anything. Everybody wants to know, man, so let's hear it. Did FAN ever offer you the midday show? I'm sorry, the not the midday show, the afternoon drive with Evan. And if they didn't, would you have stayed? Everybody's always been wondering that question amongst me and my friends. So hopefully you'll get back to us. Be good, man. Love you. I love a little JJ speculation. I do. No, it was never offered to me. It was never offered to me. Everything in life happens for a reason. I've said this multiple times, so this is not news to anybody. If you would have told me four or five years ago that I would leave WFAN, terrestrial radio, to go and work in podcast land, I would have called you every crazy name in the book. I would have said, there's, there's no way in the world I would do that. The world has drastically changed. Right now, new media, unless you are living under a rock, unless you are living in the year 1985, you don't understand the significance, the power, and the platform that a place like Spotify and many other podcast companies provide. Think about this digital age that we live in. Spotify, Barstool, John Boy. Think about how these companies are dominating. They are dominating. That's what was so appealing to me. I wasn't looking to leave. You know, people ask me that all the time. Why'd you? I wasn't looking to leave. Bill Simmons is somebody I've known from reading him and watching and listening for a long time. Going back to my college days, I got two guys playing in my golf outing tomorrow. Syracuse guys. They said to me, freshman year, you ever hear this sports guy? I said, sports who? I had no 
idea who Bill Simmons was. Then I started reading his column. It's Friday football column. I was like, this guy's fucking awesome. Even though he's got a flawed perspective on his sports teams he roots for. I became a fan. So he reached out. Yeah, I got geeked out. We talked. We hit it off. You know when you just know? I don't know if you folks are in committed relationships. You kind of know. You might know three months in. You might know six months in. You know. We talked for an hour. I knew. I said, this guy offers me something that's top notch. I'm, I'm out of here. I've said that to a lot of different people. So that's, that's not news. Bill Simmons. Guy knows what he's doing. And I'm not looking to kiss Bill's ass. He doesn't need that. Trust me. He doesn't need a lot of things. As Jacko likes to say, you know, he is, uh, you know, he's had such hard luck over the last 10, 15 to 20 years. Such, such, such down times. Let me tell you, he doesn't need it. But if you know anything about this business, you know, the results that he's brought to the table. So when somebody like that reaches out and believes in you, it's cool. So for me, it was an easy call at that point. So I don't look back on, well, what if this happened? Or what if that happened? Couldn't be happier. Are you kidding me? Platform rocks. I'm getting support. We're going to Fenway Park next week. And we work when we need to work. And we kill it when we need to kill it. You don't have to come on that random... Monday after or you know tomorrow for example Wednesday when there's nothing going on you got to do a five-hour show I don't miss that are you kidding me you think I missed that we could do it I could talk for 10 hours I think Saruri knows he's working with me for two and a half months I don't shut up so I have no problem filling time but there's a challenge of well filling time but for what to talk about nonsense we don't do that here that's why the length of our podcast is entirely dependent on what's going on. I'm not going to give you an hour and 40 to stretch it. We got a load tonight. I'm going to give you an hour and 40. Yeah, I'll give you 50. Tell you this, no matter what we give you, it's going to be badass. So everything in life, I learned this a long time ago. Habits for a reason. Habits for a reason. Me winning a contest, taking my career over the last nine years, where I took it. Now, where we've been. Working here. Everything happens for a reason. Who's up next? JJ. It's John from Madawan. Long time listener. First time actually calling into the podcast. I've talked to you a few times at WFAN. First and foremost, just wanted to, you know, give you a quick shout out once again. You're the man. I mean, kind of helped me get where I am. I've been listening to you ever since you hopped on the fan and got me into sports communication media in college. Got on the radio at college. Now I'm working as an intern baseball head and stuff. Couldn't thank you enough. Um, let's go, Mex. First place. The NL East is there to lose. Um, but today, Swan, since, you know, open floor to anything, quick movie that I want to give you for the people to hear. The Departed. Scorsese film. Classic. Jack Nicholson. Matt Damon. Leonardo DiCaprio. The whole nine yards. One of the greatest films of all time. If you like crime, if you like the mafia, you like infiltration, watch that movie as soon as fucking possible. JJ, hope all is well, my man, and be good, brother. Well, I appreciate that. And for anybody who is listening to this podcast who hasn't seen The Departed, do yourself a favor. It's on Netflix. Watch the damn movie. Last caller is a thousand percent right. It's great hearing his voice. 
That is one of my top five, top 10 movies of all time. From Leo Damon to the craziness of Wahlberg to Alec Baldwin, who's great. Jack, who's phenomenal. You know, I played a golf outing the other day. I got a Jack Nicholson signed photo. I don't even know what movie it's from, but in the new abode, it will be a part of our new little uh, backdrop that we have going. I saw this. I felt obligated to buy it. It was just one of those things you just couldn't pass up. I love Jack. Jack's probably one of, if not my favorite actor. So Departed is an all-time movie. I know Nick Totoro was trying to tell me The Town is a better movie. Come on. I love Nicky. That is a bad take. Gotta call it like it is. That is a bad take. Who's next? JJ, Chris from Springfield. So Brian Cashman let Masahiro Tanaka go, postseason warrior, and sign Mr. Batting Practice, Jameson Talion. You gotta love it. He's a genius. Gotta love it. Can't make this shit up. Get him out of town. Yeah, I think you gotta acknowledge a couple of facts, though. And I agree, Tanaka should have been brought back to this team. And I miss Masahiro Tanaka in the absolute worst way. Gamer, terrific Yankee, performed brilliantly in the postseason. I was always a big Tanaka guy. You mentioned Tanaka Tyon. You're making a mistake. The Yankees decided between, in my opinion, Corey Kluber and Masahiro Tanaka. Because I think they could have got Tanaka to stay for 14 or $15 million a year. I do. Maybe they went a million or two over what Kluber's making. But I think that would have got it done for Tanaka. They loved Kluber's medicals. They loved the upside. They thought he'd be a number two starter. He was pitching like one until he got hurt. That's the risk with Corey Kluber. And that's why I didn't like the signing when the Yankees made it. Back in January. It's fine if you brought Tanaka and Kluber in. $12 million. That injury history. That was a hard, hard pass for me. So. I have a feeling this is going to become a thing. Because an old friend is checking in once again. This has been a very nostalgic type of podcast. But nostalgia. Is going to maybe come to an end with this particular gentleman. Who's going to close it out with a bang. Ain't that so, Larry in Florida? Let's hear it. Cheers, Larry in Florida. Give me a couple long shots in the British Open. And here's your two trivia questions. What two teams played in the first World Series night game? And there's two guys that won the Home Run Derby and the All-Star MVP in the same year. Both of these guys are, are American League players. I'm out. Why well, I should know this. I should absolutely know this. Two players to win home run derby and the all-star game MVP in the same year. I think, keyword, I think I know the answer to this question. I am going to say Justin Morneau, Ken Griffey Jr. back in 1998 in Colorado. So now your first question. First night game in the World Series. Oh, man. 
That's a terrific question. I, I, I have no idea. I, you might have got me here. I'm going to throw a random one out to you. I am going to say the Red Sox and the Cincinnati Reds in a 1975 World Series. How about that? Red Sox, Reds, 75 World Series. I don't feel good about either one of these. I definitely don't think I got the night game one. We'll find out when we come back. All right, let's see. I think I was way off with these, Saruti. So 75 was my guess for the first night game in the World Series. Reds, Red Sox. I don't feel great about this. Sorry, JJ. Yeah, I didn't think so. Um, I didn't think so. So am I at least in the right Yeah, thinking? you actually are closer than I thought. I mean, I had no idea. Uh, it was actually 1971, Orioles, Pirates. Wow. Okay. That makes sense. See, the reason I thought it was 75 is because you see a lot of those Mets A's World Series highlights and I have over the years. Feels like every single game is a day game, but maybe that's because they're out in the West Coast and playing out in Oakland. So, okay. 0 for 1. Now, Saruti, my guess is for home run derby and all-star game MVP were Morneau in 2008, even though now I'm thinking about it, I don't think Morneau won the uh, all-star game MVP in 2008, but Griffey in 98. What are we looking at here? Both of them. Nice. Both of them, unfortunately, wow. are whiffing like Whiffing like crazy. All right. I mean, Griffey's a great guess, like, a, if we're being honest. Get, how about this, Saruti? Give me a hint now in the decade in which this happened. If it's the same decade. If it's different decades, give me both decades. Okay, Just, uh, not the same it. decade. First one happened uh, early 90s. Second one happened uh, early 2000s. Early 90s, early 2000s. Wow. Early 90s, early 2000s. I, Saruti, I'm going to pass on the 90s one because I can't think I, I, I can't think of who it would be. Early 2000s, Dale. Is it Hank Blaylock with Texas? Another Sorry, whiff. Dude. I mean, Saruti, it's just it's not my <laughs> night with the trivia, bro. Good thing I'm not auditioning for Jeopardy. So early 90s, early 2000s. Who do we well, have? We got to hand winners? it to Larry. I mean, he's these are tough questions. That's a hell of a, I mean, that's a hell of a trivia question. He didn't give me a softball no. today. I mean, my goodness. Uh, the one in the early 90s is probably the, the most gettable. It was, it was Cal Ripken Jr., 1991. Wow, Cal. See, I didn't realize Cal won a home run derby. Okay, so Cal won 91, all-star game MVP in a derby. Early 2000s. See, I was going through one. it. G, see, this is why I was doing a little thought process logic in my head. Jeter won the 2000 game, uh, all-star game MVP. Definitely didn't win the derby. 01, Ripken did not win the Derby. 02, did they even give an MVP? Because the game ended in a tie. I don't even know if they gave the game an MVP uh, if it ended in a tie. So I I, I don't well, know the it, it one. It was the next the year. 2000. It was 2003. It was, oh, see, I thought it was Hank Boyd. You know what it is? Blaylock hit a home run against Gagne that mm -hmm. won that game. They didn't give him the MVP? It was Garrett Anderson, 2003. Wow, that's what right. A name. That's the second time, by the way, on this podcast that Garrett Anderson has been mentioned. So how about that? If you had Garrett Anderson coming up twice in this edition of New York, New York, go play the lotto. You a lot of money. That would be my advice to you. Go play the lotto. And Larry asking me about the British Open. And it is British Open week. It's getting overshadowed a little bit by the All-Star game and the All-Star week. I always like finding guys who 
are prone to playing well in those conditions. You got to have a certain mentality to go play well overseas. And the element that's going to be interesting here is that with these COVID protocols in Europe, how much is that going to throw guys out of rhythm and completely out of whack? Give you a couple of guys I like. I like Rory at 17 to 1. I like Louis Oostenhazen at 24 to 1. Those are two guys that I would be very inclined to play. I also like Shane Lowry as a little bit of a long shot at 44 to 1. Those are three guys that I have my eye on. I'm going to finalize the rest of the card. Follow me on Twitter. We'll have you covered. John underscore Jastrzemski if you don't follow on Twitter. We also have game four of the NBA Finals coming up on Wednesday night. And after what Giannis has done in game three, and then you really follow that up with what he did in game two, the question I think a lot of people are asking is, can Giannis just go out and dominate this series and steal this series from Milwaukee? Based upon the way this line is moving, started at three and a half, it has now gotten to four and a half. I'm riding with the Bucks again. And it's amazing because I picked Phoenix in six. Yet a lot of these lines, and I like to read the line, I like to get a sense for what we're looking at, they're pointing me in the direction of Milwaukee. Lengthy series. Bucks have been money at home. Look at the numbers throughout this postseason. I'll take them laying the four and a half. Our guy, Jeff Money. We'll see if we're going to be rolling with a family play here with game four of the finals. What's up, Money? What up, JJ? Jeff Money here with a handicapper picks. It's going to be for Wednesday, the 14th. We got NBA action. Now, I'm going to take the Phoenix Suns plus the fours. You know, the line didn't even move from the last game. You figure Bucks won by 20. Maybe the line will go up. It didn't move. A little bit fishy there. Booker had a terrible game. I think he's going to have a better game. And the, the, the game plan for Milwaukee was excellent the last game, but they usually tend to go off script when they have something going good. They usually don't go back to when they should. So I think that's what's going to lead to the Phoenix Suns and taking them plus the four points. All right, J.J., I'm out of here. Let's go. Jeff Money, I love you, buddy, but we will not be riding together in game four of the NBA Finals. You're going back to the well with Phoenix. I am taking the Milwaukee Bucks for the third consecutive game. We're back Thursday night. Buck Showalter, the former Yankee manager, a guy that I've advocated countless times as someone who would be an ideal choice to manage once again. I know he's going to get annoyed if I ask him, and I'm not going to ask him about the Yankee job, by the way, because I know he's just going to basically hang up the phone on me. I will ask him if he wants to manage again. You're going to get that out of me. Buck's going to join us. Yank Sox reaction. All the good stuff. Getting you ready for the second half of the year. And I have a feeling my charity golf outing may be a topic of conversation. Fellas, outstanding job. JJ signing off. Enjoy your Wednesday. Be good. <laughs>